Hey yo, I'm Keel, and you're listening to the Mountain Movers Podcast. In this episode, I sat down once again with the one and only Keel. We discuss her journey through 2019, her life as a female bodybuilding competitor, and what ambition she has moving forward. Yes, I know we all want to hear from Keel, so I'll keep this short. Cue that intro in three, two. This is the Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you, the ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it. This is your time, your chance to become more than they believe you are, more than you believe you are. So let's do this together. Jake for having me back and now it's on the next installment of the podcast now it's the mountain movers podcast whereas before when I was on the first time it was life chats Hell yeah, with the uh, very indie pop style rainbow two heads galactica kind of Fine. cover yeah. it was fun um, but it's really really nice to see you come this far so anyway kudos moving forward my 2019 was a year um, and I'm sure people say that a lot when they think about 2019 wrapped up in 365 days but I think that my 2019 was one of the most fulfilling challenging and coming of age years of my life um, every day you're the oldest you have ever been and the youngest you will ever be and I feel like 2019 really made me past that threshold of adulthood. I, I never really felt like an adult until certain moments in my life of 2019 where I uh, where I really, really came to the stronghold of, yeah, you know, I'm 21 now and it's time to buck up, son, because, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no crawling back to mama anymore. Sometimes you have to handle it and you just have to figure it out. And that was kind of my 2019 theme, was just figuring it out. So how did it start? Take us back to, say, January, February. January, February, going into second semester of year two of my program, I was still on the hype of, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to be a dietitian. Oh, my goodness. Yay, dietetics. Yeah. And that got crushed. So <laughs> um, in one assignment, actually, one assignment in um, one of my courses called Food Production Management, I, <laughs> I, I wish the listeners could see me because uh, if you do go to my Instagram, it's at keel underscore v-a-u-d shameless plug there but just to get a visual representation of what i look like because your your audience needs to know that i'm very much a black sheep when it comes to general public i know that i don't wake up every day and go wow i'm a cross-dressing female (laughs) i purposely dress in male clothes so i look different And that's fine because LGBT is now in the spotlight and I think it's very cool. 
but I dress like a male. Um, I, I don't identify as a male, but I dress in guys' clothes. I'm very non-binary looking, short shaved hair, you know, the classic soft butch lesbian. And I found God because of that assignment. And it's actually the assignment my father refers to as when you found Jesus. Because my life changed once I did that assignment. I lost all self-control in terms of handling my academics and I thought for real I was either going to fail or I was going to drop out. Um, I'd never come that close to failing ever in my life uh, school-wise because I was just so overwhelmed with how hard it got and so then that kind of sums up the tail end of last last semester for the year two then a big project came into my life and it was um, mimicking being a dietitian and taking care of like a, a, a pretend client and I figured out real fast that I'm not looking to be a dietitian anymore yeah. um, in all fairness I think we all have very special gifts that we should honor and patience is not one of mine um, I don't have the certain type of compassion a dietitian needs in order to be a well-rounded health practitioner. It's like saying, like, I can't be a nurse. I just, I physically could, but I mentally and emotionally could not. I could be a dietitian easily, and I could prescribe diets to anybody that walks into that clinic. But if it came down to it, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Um... You know, in a really, I, I, I hate the way it sounds when I say this, but it's like every type 2 diabetic that might walk in that door, it's like, well, this is your fault. Stop eating like crap. Okay, next, get out. Right. And that's kind of the way I feel about it, but I'm not an, a non-compassionate person, and I don't want to come across like that. It's just, man, if you don't know what a carbohydrate is, I don't have the time to talk to you. <laughs> like, I know that sounds horrible, but it's like, if you cannot fathom what 0.3% of your dietary fat requirements looks like, it's like, I just didn't have this conversation with you. Like, you know, I can't revert to that level. It's like going to the MLB, like the big leagues, and then somebody that can't swing a bat is yeah. like, teach me how to play baseball. Yeah. You're like, no, I, no, you need to be further along than this. Exactly. So that's what happened. And then boom, summer hits. I take my bodybuilding to the next level. I did a competition in July, um, and I did much better than I thought. I came to the stage and I placed third overall, and as a women's physique competitor, that was pretty big. So it was, uh, it, it was in Windsor, and it was the best show of my life by far. I've only done three, but it was the best show just in terms of place, time, people there, the experience. It was just very fun. And it was it was really fun, I should say. It changed my life. It changed my perspective. It was the moment backstage where I went, yes, an IFBB pro is what I want to be. And I really swallowed that and being on stage and then I didn't care if I was last, first, or I mean, of course everyone wants to be first, yeah. but I did not go into that going, you know what, I need to be first or else. I was like, I don't want to be last, but if I am, I know that I gave it my 100%. 
I placed third overall, so the fact that I even got a medal was so neat. But I knew that if I placed third, or second, or first, you had to place top three, you qualified for something known as the Canadian National Pro Qualifier, which is like the, the, the gold medal game for bodybuilding. And I qualified, and there was no way on this good green earth I was not going to go having placed third. Thankfully, it was two weeks later, so I did a photo shoot in between shows because when you're sub 5% body fat and hate life, you might as well make it worth it. So I took as many pictures as I could and really soaked it up right. because, I mean, it doesn't last long, and you kind of don't want it to because being that lean sucks. Because all you think about is food, you're weak, you're cold, you're pale, your body is not in a good place. It's not. And that's the reality of the sport. All of us competitors know that. When you are competing, you are not healthy. When you're on stage, yeah, you might look phenomenal. But when people get close to you, you look like a skeleton. Yeah. And you don't look good. When people are up next to you and the makeup is off and the tan is not there, it's like you don't look healthy. Because you're not. So, took a lot of pictures, did a photo shoot in between, and then boom, pro qualifier hits. Now, going into that show, it was like, just don't be last. Because the Canadian pro qualifier, any single women's physique competitor in my height class from across Canada who placed top three or better, so either first, second, or third in their shows from the beginning of 2019 across Canada from any province can show up and be in that show. So there was people I was against who had been training for that show for eight, seven, six, five months. Yeah. I walked into it literally a week and a half after stepping off stage. So yes, I was a little bit more conditioned, but I definitely wasn't in this like blinder tunnel zone that the, these other girls showing up were and I seriously went from house league to, to NHL yeah. like real quick yeah. and as soon as you were backstage and I was looking around you knew it was the big leagues which was incredibly scary but it was so motivating because I had every right to be there like that and that really brought this sense of fulfillment of all those minutes on the stair climber, all those hours of training, every second meal prepping, eating, being hungry, being sleepless, turning down times to go out, being by yourself, it all paid off. Because the journey was hard. Because the journey was more than hard. It was depriving, but so fulfilling. Because you find out at the end of that race, like, you did it. So I was there, and my dad and I kind of laughed because he was with me. He was my, my big cheerleader through all of this. He said, just, you know what, go out there and don't be last. Because when you're up against some of the best physique competitors Canada has to offer, kind of don't want to be last. Yeah. I mean, I knew as soon as that show got started, hell, I'm not first. I don't even think I'm going to be second, third, fourth, fifth. Let's let's try for top ten here. The show goes on. 
the uh, the qualifying round. So before finals, you go out and you do your mandatory poses. And I went out and I gave it hell, man. I carved up well. I I placed my I placed myself. You know, I out angled the other girls whenever they were doing front chest. I did side tricep because I know my poses that looked better than others and I used it. So when they looked good, I tried to look great. And when they turned around, I was facing the front. And if they did something that wasn't the best, I did my weaker poses because then, you know, you don't stand out as much. You, you, You make it work. So... I just, I really try to out-angle them and one-up every single girl on stage. When I was on stage, the class of us, there was five of us, and out of that class, we didn't know how we were going to do. Um, There were some big girls, and I knew... Out of the five of them, I said, well, at least I'm not going to be fifth. Because there was one girl who just, she had a great physique, and I tip my hat to anybody that can reach the stage, but she had no idea how to pose. Like, I don't think she's ever been through a posing tutorial, because it was almost like, honey, what are you trying to do? Like, is that supposed to be front chest or, like, back tricep, you know? Like, I I don't think she knew what she was doing. So it was almost comical where I thought she was joking around, but then you're like, no, she's actually trying to give you a, a front quad or a front ab. And it's, so I said, well, at least I'm not going to be fifth out of my class. But we had to wait for the other classes to go. There was four classes. So in total, 20 girls that I was against. And I'm going, oh, man, I just don't want to be 20th. Even 19th. Then you can say, hey, it wasn't last. Yeah. You know, and after that, boom, I knew that I made it to finals because they let you know, hey, are you going to finals or not? So you go out, you wait. I made it to finals. I didn't, yeah. And hearing that, I said, really? My name? Because I was, I was competitor 78. And I went, really? Because they call your number. And five girls get to go to finals out of 20. Number whatever, number whatever, number whatever, 78. My heart stopped. (laughs) I was wearing a bikini on stage, and my number one thought was just don't shit your pants. Like, what? Uh, Okay, so now I have to kill six hours and go out and do finals. And the fact that I made to finals, I said, I don't care what happens. You wanted top 19 and they gave you top five yes Holy. yeah i you know what i wanted not 20th yeah. and they gave me top five so automatically i'm walking away like just feeling out of myself and when you get to go to finals that's when you get to do your posing routine and i live for this sport, but what drives my livelihood is this posing routine. Nobody pays enough thought to how you can embellish a song with the human body. And I did uh, Imagine Dragons. Um, oh, I forget the. Mm, I forget the name. We can come back to that. Yeah, that's fine. But it's it is my by far my favorite song by Imagine Dragons. And I, I went out there and I gave it hell. And I then placed top three in finals. They again, they called our, our numbers and they only do first, second, and third when they're giving out the medals. Okay, ladies, come on out. We all did our posing routine. I was ready to cry because I knew that that was the best 
routine I had ever done on stage. I practiced that same routine countless times from the beginning of February when I started prep up until now we're in August. I had practiced it hundreds of times because I'm a, I'm a believer in the 10,000 rule. You do something 10,000 times and you become perfect at it. Yeah. It was the best routine I'd ever done. And even my dad said once I got off the stage, he goes, Kill, you nailed it. Each beat, each each bump and guitar string, they did it. I can vouch for you there. I've seen it. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I just... I waited and I said, I don't care if they call my number, I know that I gave it. And you're on stage and you're waiting and the spotlight's on you and you can't see your face in the crowd, but you know that they're all looking at you and you're sweating and your tan's running off. And now it's like nine o'clock at night and you're hungry and after all of this, it's over. And before I knew it, they called my number for third. And I remember I just, I actually watched the video back in my body like, gives this sigh of relief and I jump for joy and I just ran over to the judge and I wanted to hug them but it's kind of one of those things that you don't do yeah, yeah. and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god like you just made my dreams come true and that was again that was the confirmation of this is what I'm going to devote my life to maybe not competing necessarily but this sport this realm this niche this is what I was meant to do that moment on stage when I was holding my medal and I was looking out into the crowd of these, like you can't see anybody when you're on stage, but I felt God with me and I felt so satisfied and so full of purpose. I knew this was what I was meant to do and who I was meant to be. And then uh, got a job at De La Mer Fresh fish market, shameless plug. Go get yourself some good fish. Best fish in Toronto. Again, that's De La Mer. <laughs> you can't use the code Keel or anything to get any percent off. It, I will warn you now, it is quite expensive. And if you order online, it'll definitely be uh, expired by the time you get it. So and non-existent. <laughs> there are no online orders, so you can't. Um, but and now I work there, and then third year started, and I switched a couple courses around because rewind a little bit don't want to be a dietitian anymore now I want to be something called a food chemist and product developer and thus my courses switched a little bit much more happy a lot less bad stressed I want to say because school will always create stress but the fact that I don't hate what I do every day you might as well get stressed over something that you love exactly yeah. I might as well get all riled up and all stressed over studying something that I actually like and don't want to vomit at when I see the name of it and then Christmas hit and I'm here and we're here and life is grand yeah. well, I totally I can vouch for you I mean we haven't seen each other in quite a bit a year yeah but it's like we just we just met up today uh, just scheduling and being in different cities just I guess kept us apart but seeing your face it's like we never we never stopped. Yeah. Um, I think vicariously we lived through each other's Instagrams, um, which is completely true because you post stories, I respond, I post stories, I you respond. respond. So we never lost touch, but again, it's like this new way of connection yeah. that we've never had yeah. because social media has never been this prominent. Yeah. 
Like, we hadn't seen each other in person for literally seven months. But I thought I, I, I could, I can honestly say I still knew everything that was going on with you. Exactly. I saw you every day. Yeah. I saw you training for your marathon. I saw what you were going through. You saw what I was going through. We basically felt each other's lives, but we weren't even in the same city, which is why people get catfished, number one, but number two is why it's so amazing to be 21 or 22 in 2020. There's no way, even four years ago, we could have had this connection. And I mean, hey, we did the random phone call here and there, and I mean, I came to you in some dark times, and I can't thank you enough for being there. And just hearing me out of like those days of when you were when I was in prep and it you just you didn't even know what to do with yourself. I used to call it the three PM slump because you can't eat meal four yet, because then you were gonna be too hungry before meal five. And you have to do something with yourself because you can't just sit around and you wanted to sit around, but you can't, so you have to get some steps in. So I would just walk around the block or meditate or pod, like listen to podcasts. Literally anything to get your mind off of food. Uh, you know what? I want to say that, but it was literally anything to avoid not eating. Your mind never leaves food. Your mind leaves the satisfaction of eating food, but you're so food focused it's absurd you never stop thinking about it it's it, as soon as you're done one meal you just okay i have two hours till the next and that's what made it so gratifying for it to be worth it yeah of course because nobody nobody was there making sure i did 45 minutes of cardio nobody counted the fact that i did two minutes afterwards of just cooling down Nobody was there on those last sets where you know that you're in that that failure rep zone and you stop and the weight drops, but you, you push another two reps. Nobody was there to see it. But you know inside of yourself, I did that. I did that and I did it again and I did it again and it paid off. So if you were to think back to those moments that you had to overcome, those moments of just pure darkness, mm. what got you through? I think a lot of things um, helped me to get through. Shout out to stimulant pre-workouts and caffeinated beverages because those were two very, very strong influences. But I think what really made me push through those dark mornings when it was four o'clock in the morning, my alarm would go off and I knew that I had to bike to the gym to do cardio and then bike back. It was just... And nobody was making you do it because my coach, like, I mean, you, I live by myself. Nobody's, nobody's gonna know if yeah. I hit snooze. Yeah. Nobody's gonna know if I get off that stair machine. Nobody's gonna know if I just don't count those macros, don't weigh out that chicken. Nobody's gonna see it. But what made me push through all of that is knowing that by doing that, I was taking steps to fulfilling my purpose in life. And that's what got me through the darkest mornings. Because I knew that every single, I keep, I, I keep referring to the stairs, um, which is the stair climber at the gym. It was just kind of my go-to cardio machine. 
it started because it was the only one in my gym that had a TV. And when you have to do 45 minutes on there, yeah, I'm going to watch TSN and I'm going to try to forget about where I am. Because you can only podcast for so long before you just kind of tune out. And it was like, no, I actually want to hear these podcasts. But you can mindlessly watch, you know, the news or whatever. And it honestly kept me very up to date in current affairs. So, you know, shout out to CNN. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, CTV, Ken Shaw, Christine Bentley, 5 p.m. News. Like, they got me through cardio sometimes. Not all heroes wear capes. Not all heroes wear capes. But knowing that by doing that and by pushing to these human limits that I am building up an endurance to become more than myself every single day. Hell yeah. And then this is what I was meant to do. So it was never... It's funny because looking back, like you said, it was never like I didn't want to do it. Many competitors that I've talked to are like, oh, I hated cardio or I hate this or I hate that. I'm so hungry. I honestly never complained and I never made a conscious decision to not complain. It was just, this is hard. This sucks now. But yet by doing this... I am fulfilling my purpose on this earth. Because when I would go to the gym and you see somebody's face light up when they see you, or when you get stopped and somebody says, hey, you're inspiring me because you're working so hard. Or like, you're looking really lean. How many weeks out are you? You go, right, right. There is a light at the end of this tunnel. Because I knew that it was, you know, 16 weeks, 15 weeks, 14 weeks, and then it got down to the days. And then when you're in peak week, it's just fun because every day is a different day of macros and counting, and you eat what you're based, you look, you piece what you look like, and it's so peak week's kind of a write-off anyway because it's so oddball with like water and sodium and macros. And I look back at my workout journal, and I every single day it would say 30 days till stage. I would write that at the bottom of each page, 30 days, 29 days, 28 days, because when you need someone to be behind you going push, but there's no one there, it comes out of yourself. And going through the hardest times really brought it out of myself to just go, you know what, I'm doing this now, I can do anything I put my mind to. And if I hadn't competed in those two shows this past year, I wouldn't have the endeavors and the hopes and the aspirations. I don't call them dreams anymore because they're going to come true. They're, they're just plans. They're goals. I wouldn't have them if I hadn't experienced the pain through this summer. So if we were to fast forward a bit, mm-hmm. it's obviously now it's 2020. Oh, yeah. What do you have in store this year? This year, I am doing exactly what the judges want me to do, and that is grow. Uh, The only piece of feedback I got from the judges was your posing routine. um, Well, actually, on a side note, they said that the reason I placed third, it was between me and one other girl. We were tied based on our poses. But the reason I got third and she got fourth was because of my posing routine and because of the thought that I put in my posing routine. And that just really put the cherry on the ice cream for me because it was one of those things that so many competitors overlook. 
uh, because you're not marked on it. It's just, it's simply a uh, complementative component of competing. It's like, okay, you make it to finals, you get to go do your little dance in your underwear on stage. <laughs> and the fact that they said, hey, that was the tiebreaker for us was like, wow. Yeah. But they, they told me, you know what, you came in the leanest, you came in the most shredded, but you are the smallest on stage. And I know that, but the next youngest competitor I was against was 30, okay? I'm 21. Yeah. So that's nine years of muscular maturity I don't have. That's something physiologically I cannot create unless I go on performance-enhancing drugs. Um, you just, you can't create something that's literally not there. Was this a natural competition? It was. Okay. So it was tested. Um, however, you only got tested if they called you out. Right. The girl that won was clearly on PEDs, which is performance-enhancing drugs. She was clearly roided up, but you'd only know that if you talked to her and if you studied um, bodybuilding and aesthetic athletes like myself. Um, I read up on this. I mean, I and I, when I say I study it, I kid you not. Like I engulf literature about lifting, so I can call somebody out that's natty or not by looking at them. Um, she was not, but of course you have to be very obvious for them to test you because they just want the show to go on. Yeah. There's literally hundreds of people there that day. They're only going to test you if it's like, whoa, this guy's about to explode. We think that you should go to the hospital. Like, it's so bad. Yeah. Because I know there was an outrage in the men's bodybuilding because somebody won that was clearly on roids. But I was just watching the finals. I wasn't in them. Like, for the men. Yeah. So, she was on roids, and you can see that if you look at the pictures, because it. she kind of... You know when you when you play Mr. Potato Man when you're a kid and you can make his eyes really big and his legs really small? It's like she was kind of like put together like that. Okay. And you're like, I don't think your delts should be bigger than your glutes because they're shoulders yeah. and your legs look like a T-Rex's legs, but your forearms haven't caught up. It was like, oh God. Who, who did this? Yeah. Did, like, did, when they injected you, did they not realize you had other parts? Like... Her abs were very contorted, and it was very typical of a, of a woman that would run something actually called Trend. I actually called the drug that she was on, and then later she told me, once it was all said and done, it was the next day, and she was leaving the hotel, I said, how much Trend do you take? She was like, well, I stopped my cycle, but it was, you know, 15 milligrams, and I was like, what? Yeah. At least I was right. Yeah. Because I, I was like, oh, it's totally trend. Yeah. It's totally trend. Yeah. And because it does that to your abs. There's a certain characteristic of trend. And uh, I like to call it trend bologna. Trend bologna sandwiches. And she was eating them for lunch, that's for sure. Did that make you upset? Realizing that she won because she cheated? Not really. Because I think you have to pick and choose your battles. Um, it's the... It's, the realistic aspect of the sport, it's the same as if I was, you know, going to the Olympics for track. Sometimes people are going to win because they're freaks and their genetics are amazing. Yeah. And that's cool. Kudos. But, I mean, look what happened to Russia. I mean, the entire country is banned. Yeah. Like, 
guy's horrible. <laughs> but I wasn't very mad. Um, I think a big reason I wasn't very mad was because I didn't even expect to make it. So I was just happy to be there. Yeah, um, but of course it did kind of bother me that she didn't get caught. But I mean, she has to live with that. Yeah. And if you want to become your own science experiment and take performance enhancing drugs, that's teach their own. I'm not against it, but I'm not for it. Um, I'm for safe usage. And, hey, it's the name of the game. I know that's the sport that I compete in. So I don't think there's a use in being angry. So physically you want to grow? Mm. How do you intend on doing that potentially mentally? Mm, absolutely. Meditation, number one. But for the rest of 2020, I will be using the judges' feedback of getting bigger. Bigger, leaner, stronger. So I'm going to be eating in a caloric surplus, try to put on lean muscle mass by lifting heavy, utilizing specific programming techniques that I won't really get into because I feel like it's kind of over the realm of um, of this like podcast anyway, you would need a good hour in general just to kind of get into how to manipulate mesocycles, macrocycles, lifting ranges, RPE, RIR, um, very, very technical things. So in layman's terms, we can say, I'm going to eat lots, I'm going to lift heavy, and I'm going to move more. So there. Well that's, said. That's my 2020 plan. No academic literature needed. Um, and mentally I am practicing journaling every single day whether it be a couple jot notes or sometimes you're just you you know you only have a couple sentences down and you're like wow three pages later and you're crying yeah. and it's like <laughs> I feel bad wow like yeah. where did that come from but you need to explore yourself not enough people take a road map into their soul but that's your, that is your inner compass. That is where everything of everything you are comes from. Get inside of your own head. It's scary in there, but once you conquer that, nobody and nothing can break you. I'm in social situations now where other people might lose it, right? Like you're in school and everything goes wrong, right? Like you're in the middle of an exam, and the curtains fall down and the sound system's not working and half the people didn't show up to rehearsals and you know, no one's in the right choreography. But you're just like, let's go. You're cool, you're collective. I'm cool as a cucumber with cinnamon. Tasty. Yeah. Tasty, check my Insta, it's on there. I eat that every day. And it's just one of those things where you can control your emotions so much better that growing as a person is fun. You can take on challenges that you never thought you could. Um, recently, uh, I had a lot of family trauma happen. And I know, I know that the only reason I made it through that, that very transitional moment of my life where my grandma got re-diagnosed with cancer, mental illness struck my family truly and harshly, and my father lost his home. And I was living on my own in Toronto with absolutely no way to help any of them, except just call them and say, hey, I love you. Yeah. Um, there's a certain strength that knowing, okay, I can do anything, I can get through this. The Lord got me through that time. Um, tip, you know, majorly his, the Bible, uh, reading the Bible every day, journaling, and mushroom teas at night 
and meditation. Because if you can just sit for, I know it, it's like that cliche, like five minutes a day, but honestly, doing something called box breathing, where you breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds. So one, two, three, four, hold it for four, four, three, two, one, let it out. Repeat. Put a timer on your freaking phone for five minutes and sit down in a quiet room and do that and you will not understand the clarity you have once that five minutes is up until you do it. I encourage everybody listening to do that. Five minutes. I don't care when it is. You can do it when you wake up. You can do it after lunch. You can do it when you're stressed. You can do it before you go to bed. You can do it in the middle of the night when you go pee. Just do it. It's five minutes. It's five minutes of your time. So put Instagram away for a minute for a hot minute and you know what it's the equivalent of watching somebody's story yeah boom and then you just worked on yourself nice so that's my intentions for 2020 the next time i compete will be in 2021 um once i get this degree so i'm looking at a show around probably september october for 2021 because that gives me a good transition out of school boom graduate april may start prep june july august come in like an animal and be a beast look at that holy shit kill <laughs> it's just it's it's really uplifting in my eyes to see like i've known you for a few years now mm. and like i said we recorded a podcast last year we're now recording a podcast now and really i personally see the growth and you look phenomenal and just seeing you on instagram thank every you. day really opens my eyes it was the haircut yeah it, it, looks, it looks fresh thank you so something that we do on this podcast is called the mountain minute mm. um so it's like a lightning fire round of questions i love rapid fire i'm gonna pull out the questions now and uh, we're gonna see how many you can answer all of them <laughs> i'm gonna see. tell you right now okay. it will be all of them okay this is fantastic. Um, while you do pull out those questions, I just want to say to all those listeners out there that the fact that you're listening to this podcast really shows you a lot about yourself, that you are already seeking um, mental and self-growth because just as he said, we've known each other since first year when I remember the minute that you asked me for a spot on bench press in that lonely little basement Ryerson gym. Not even the Mac. We are at the rack. So not even the nice one. It was the basement. It was, it the, was dungeon. the basement. It was a dungeon. And there's chalk everywhere and I'm surprised we didn't get hep. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's a it's a fine gym. It's fine. Um, I've been in much worse. Yeah. But there was just a certain vibe between us and it was like, hey, can you spot me? Yeah, bro. And then after that it was like, hey, we're kind of the only two here at 6 a.m. when it opens every morning. You want to be best friends? Let's and I hope people have seen the movie Step Brothers because <laughs> in the moment when they're like, did we just become best friends? I think that happened that to us. That was the moment. That was the moment because we spot each other and then it was like, what are you working out tomorrow? I was like, I don't know, whatever you are. What's your number? What's with your Instagram? Instagram, number, boom. Within yeah. like 10 minutes, we were like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. Let's build bunk beds. Yeah. And I just want to say that you are absolutely the most authentic and genuine person I've ever met in my life, and that I can't picture life without you. So to these listeners, you're already doing yourself a justice by listening to this podcast, and I mean, give this man a good couple years, and you're going to be someone. You're already someone, but you know when I say, like, you're going to be someone, because we're someones to each other. But to be someone in the podcasting world takes time, and it takes effort, and you're putting in that time, and you're putting in that effort, and one day, the harvest you will reap. 
Thank you, Kim. Holy shit. And I really just can't wait to get there and to see you become as well. So Rapid fire. Let's get this going. Let's go. This, 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 this is, is the Mountain Minute. Three, two, one. Mm-hmm. Favorite movie? Oh, uh, Moonrise Kingdom by Wes Anderson. Favorite food? Pierogies. Go to breakfast. Actually, I intermittent fast, but go-to breakfast would be um, eggs with uh, egg white omelet and jackfruit. Favorite song? Oh, Imagine Dragons, whatever the one I was on stage to <laughs> that I can't remember the name of. Favorite gym song? Oh, favorite gym song. It is by, oh, it's a rapper. I can't remember the, the rapper's name. Um, okay, so let's change that to ACDC Hell's Bells. Favorite day of the week? Wednesday. Least favorite day of the week? Sunday. Favorite color? Purple. What time do you usually go to bed? 11 o'clock. What time do you usually wake up? 5 a.m. Favorite time to train? 8 a.m. If you could make any animal your pet, what animal would you choose? A tiger. If you could change the stigma around one thing in the world, what would it be? Transgender people becoming pro bodybuilders. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be and why? He's dead, but Freddie Mercury, because I believe that that man changed music for the better and that he lived a life that we all wish we could live. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? Oh, mind reading. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Rain or shine? Shine. Favorite number? Favorite number? 78. Fill in the blank. This podcast is... Fucking amazing. (laughs) And that's all of them. That's a minute. All of them. I want to say thank you to all those listeners out there. Jake, close her off. Go for it. My Instagram, so at K-E-E-L underscore V-A-U-D. I hope to inspire others and then one day enhance the human performance of what it means to be an athlete. And then also... What gets me through many days is uh, my Four Sigmatic Coffee. So they are four, like the number four, F-A-U-R, Sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C, Four Sigmatic Coffee. They have coffees, teas. It's all enhanced with medicinal mushrooms. Don't worry, it won't get you high. They're not the fun kind. They're mushrooms that will heal your body, like ashwagandha. I'm talking reishi. I'm talking lion's mane. Get some mushrooms in your body. All right. This is Keo. All right, Keo. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please don't be shy. Leave a rating and a review, and let me know what you think. Love always, Jake.